Hello and welcome to the Arista Advice Podcast, focusing on your wealth so you can focus on your dreams. We'll navigate through the noise so that you can organize your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Hello, welcome to Arista Advice Podcast. We're excited to have a special guest. I've known our guest for many years. He works at a very prestigious law firm here in the state of Nevada. Uh, he works for Hutchison Stefan at the Reno office. His name is Jason Guinasso. The wonderful thing about Jason is he's one of those special attorneys that deals with labor and employment. And it's important to be prepared in this day and age as a business owner and as an employer. And we're thrilled to death to have Jason join us on the Arista Advice Podcast. Welcome, Jason. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and speak to your listeners. Just a little background for the listeners. Jason's been an attorney for 17 years. He was educated at the University of Oregon for his law degree, and then he was up in Reno, did his undergraduate degree up there in political science. So he's spent many, many years in classrooms and with textbooks in his hands, and so he's uh, always reading and learning, and we're thrilled to have him. Jason, let's get into it. First question we have for you is, help us understand the, the local uh, environment that we're in with these layoffs and terminations, and what employers and employees should be thinking about. Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. You know, when uh, the uh, COVID-19 crisis hit, and specifically the government response to the disease was implemented, there was a massive stop in the economy. So the question for a lot of employers is, if there is no commerce, how do we continue to employ people? And the answer to that from the government was, well, we are going to send relief in the form of PPP loans, and we're going to encourage employers to continue to employ their workforce until we get through the crisis. For some employers, that was uh, like a life raft for a lot of their workforce. For other employers, even with the PPP loan, they, they really couldn't keep people employed. And so what I've seen in my practice for the last several months is various stages of employers evaluating their workforce and the key positions that they have and really rethinking who is essential, who is not and then trying to make decisions to right-size their workforce. Sometimes right-sizing means shrinking the workforce. And, you know, most of the questions I get from a legal perspective, of course, are are on how do we right-size our workforce and not break the law. Other employers are looking to expand their workforce during this time because they happen to be in some of those industries where there's a greater demand for their services, you know warehouse and distribution clients are like that. They, they've got more work than they can handle. Whereas, you know, dealing with casino clients and uh, other service industry clients, they're contracting significantly. And a lot of them, you know, don't know how long they're going to be able to even remain in business, let alone whether they can continue to employ people. So my work with a lot of employers has just been to help them understand when and under what circumstances they can let people go because, you know, you don't want a situation where in your service business, let's say you lay off an entire department 
And that department happens to be majority minority. So most of them are Latino or some other protected class. And you've just, by taking that action, opened yourself up to a Title VII cause of action. So those, those are some of the things we're dealing with with regard to terminations and uh, the changing uh, uh, workforce and the needs of employers during this COVID-19 uh, time period. Great. Another question for you that uh, a lot of our business owner clients have been asking is, can you bring us up to date on the unemployment issue with the state of Nevada and all states in particular? Just got off the phone with another business owner in Anchorage, Alaska. The issues that they're having, give us some guidelines and some insight there of what's happening and what some steps are. Again, when the economy stopped, there was a crossroads that a lot of uh, employers were at. And some employers were able to continue to employ people through the PPP loans and the CARES Act benefits and that uh, allowed them to continue to employ people. On the other hand, was the conventional wisdom at the time is that employees weren't going to be adversely affected because there were general, there wasn't only your standard unemployment but there was a stimulus provided through the CARES Act as well as uh, additional unemployment uh, benefits on top of what the states normally provided. So, you know, ostensibly as a person on unemployment in Nevada, you could get up to $469 a month or week in unemployment benefits along with another $600 in CARES Act unemployment benefits. The thing that I don't think anybody anticipated was could the system that is the unemployment insurance system, could it process close to a million claims in a very short period of time? Because what happened in our economy was like a earthquake. And the result of that was a tsunami of unemployment claims, not just your standard unemployment claims, but also claims for unemployment assistance through what was called the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Act, which was for independent contractors, gig workers, self-insured people, a program that didn't even exist in the state of Nevada. And so I've got this bar graph that shows 9-11, and there's this blip in unemployment you know, during that period. And then we hit the Great Recession, and there's this kind of larger, longer blip. But when we hit COVID-19, what happens with the uh, the blip is it's basically a wall, a straight line up. And now we've got a system that is having to respond to that huge demand. Also, it's important to understand that um, Nevada's unemployment insurance system is paid for through federal funding. And the federal funding is dictated by last year's unemployment claims. And last year, we had the lowest unemployment in the state's history. After COVID-19, we had the largest unemployment in the state's history. Indeed, we had higher unemployment in our state that than is what has ever been recorded in the nation ever. We we broke 30% unemployment in our state. And so all that to say for your listeners, the individuals that you're laying off or have laid off or the independent contractors that you've worked with who are, you know, you may not be working with now, a lot of them are struggling because the benefit delivery system is not delivering those benefits. You know, people are definitely suffering. And I've I've fielded, and this is not an exaggeration, you know, in excess of 15,000 emails in the last, you know, three, four weeks 
with respect to this unemployment insurance issue because I've been working on it as a special master in in a, a class action lawsuit that was brought against the state of Nevada to be a fact finder. So I know a little bit more about the unemployment insurance system than maybe I should know, but <laughs> but enough to know that there's a enough to know that there's a lot of people suffering, and then there's a system that's just uh, categorically uh, overwhelmed. Wow. Appreciate that, uh, Jason, and appreciate uh, what you're doing in that class action lawsuit to help these people because their homes are at line, they're schooling for their children, their marriages, their health. I mean, it's just affecting so many things that uh, this COVID has brought on. You know, when you said that unemployment is up over 30% in the state of Nevada and MGM announced another 18,000 employees today that are furloughed. I mean, this is just staggering. It really is. I mean, you know, nobody plans for, I mean, you're in the planning business, right? And nobody plans for the economy to be completely shut off like a light switch, right? <laughs> Who plans for that? You don't plan. And, then, and for that to, that for that circumstance to extend for six or eight weeks, and then to like kind of slowly turn it on and rev it up again, and nobody plans for that kind of, economic circumstance. Uh, The good news is that uh, as the economy is opening back up, businesses are starting to employ folks and move forward. But, you know, for the gaming industry, there is no quick way to address this because the disease that we're dealing with now (laughs) thrives on large gatherings. And what do casinos and the gaming uh, industry do? They specialize in bringing people together in large groups. And so, until we get past this COVID uh, pandemic, the gaming industry is going to really struggle. And I didn't mention this to you earlier, but uh, you know, in all the literature I'm reading, all the professionals are bracing for COVID too, which is supposed to hit late October, early November. And they're saying that the outbreak will be uh, on a magnitude of two times you know, worse than what we faced uh, last spring because we'll be heading into flu season and all that. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's worse, the disease or the response to the disease, right? Government's response to the disease seems to have been um, as harmful to people as the disease itself. We'll see how the government responds with the second wave. And uh, hopefully it'll be more targeted because we'll have more testing and we'll have uh, maybe a vaccine, you know, waiting in the wings. Yeah, no, that's great. Can you bring us up to date with the workplace changes and the lessons that are being learned looking forward and looking back in the last six months since this COVID has hit, some lessons in the workplace uh, environment? Many of your clients can probably attest to this, that the work environment itself is fundamentally transforming in this post-COVID-19 world. Uh, what I mean is the actual physical space where we work. A lot of employers who hadn't had remote uh, workers before are now using remote workers and finding that employees can be and often are more productive in those environments and finding that maybe they don't need to have everybody in an office and they're reevaluating even whether they need buildings. And for for those of your clients who are listening who own real estate, and particularly commercial real estate and office space, I think forecasting for their future, they, they ought to think about how the virtual world is going to affect 
the, those who would be renting space from them. Because I think a lot of employers across this state, I think across the country are starting to rethink, do they need, you know, physical building space anymore? And can they effectively run teams and run their business in a more uh, remote or virtual environment? Well, from a legal perspective, all the laws that we have on the books right now, as it pertains to employment and labor law, workers' compensation, have really predominantly focused on your traditional physical space. And so how does that law now apply to a virtual space? For example, if a person's working from home, how do they, when do they clock in? When do they clock out? What I'm finding with a lot of my employers, uh, friends, the um, clients is that employees are working a lot longer hours and are not accounting for all their time. So they're being underpaid in some instances. In other instances, they've got employees who are marking down more time than they're actually working. So how do you deal with that? And so this is a practical problem that I've been counseling clients through uh, with regard to wage and hour law and with regard to enforcing, you know, clock in and clock out times. In addition to that, you know, when a person is injured uh, on the job, that is, let's say they're working at their computer, uh, they go to take a break to, you know, grab a cup of coffee, they slip and fall and injure themselves. Is that work-related injury or is it not? If they were at work and they slipped and fell on their way to get in a cup of coffee, that would be covered. But when they're at home, is that covered? Those are some of the issues we're trying to work through now. And uh, those are going to be some of the challenges to this changing workspace environment that we're in. And uh, these challenges will have to be solved by clients like yours. And and you just need to know that there are attorneys like me that can help you think through those uh, legal issues and help you develop a plan for virtual workspace and for remote workers that will satisfy the requirements of the law and and address some of these practical issues that rub against the law because they were the laws were you know made for a different kind of work environment than we're realizing right now. Excellent, excellent. Well, Jason, thank you so much for providing some insight. All of those that are interested in gathering some additional information or wanting to do a consultation, please reach Jason Ganasso at his office, 775-853-8746. He'd be happy to visit with you. As he said, he's had fourteen to 15,000 emails in the last couple of weeks, and he's also a, a special master for a class action lawsuit. So his schedule is pretty, pretty full, but I know that uh, he'd be happy to assist and provide some guidance with developing some strategies and conversations for all those that have additional questions. Thank you so much, Jason, for your time and appreciate all you do. Yeah, thank you for having me on today. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you. And listen in next week when we'll have an, an additional special guest. Thank you. This episode of the Arista Advice Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your wealth so you can focus on your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.